You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What is going on, everyone, and welcome into another edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. It is Thursday, October 21st. We are heading into week seven of the NFL season. Uh, We're in the midst of college football season. The NBA just got underway. We are in the heart of the MLB postseason. People are playing hockey on skates, if you care about that. Basically, a long way of saying that everything is going on on the sports calendar right now, and it is one of the busiest times of the year. Um, So as usual, everything's on the table for us on Thursday, but we'll obviously have a focus on uh, on the Week 7 NFL card. Um, I am Julian Edlow. You can follow me on Twitter at Julian Edlow. My co-host is here um after bailing on us on tuesday to go hang out at fenway park all week steve buchanan you can follow him on twitter at s buchanan 24 and you can follow the podcast on twitter at unreasonable odd as you know by now we ran out of room for the s so at unreasonable odd and you want to make sure to be following that because we are giving away 10 50 free bets on DraftKings sportsbook this week you just have to stick around and answer the question that I ask in this podcast. Now, here's the catch. The question is a layup. You have to get it right. Last week, we asked how many Super Bowls Tom Brady won. Some of you did not say seven, which means you were wrong, and you don't win free bets. So just get it right. The question's even easier this week, but just answer it correctly, as funny (laughs) as it is for some of you to be wrong. Please get it correct. Please win your free bet. And if you are watching on YouTube, you see that we are joined by a guest this week, Jonathan Van Tobel. You can follow him on Twitter at me, JVT. Um, you can find him doing the Edge 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific time, Monday to Friday, um, Hardwood Handicappers podcast. And he's a senior NBA analyst for VSIN. And per his Twitter profile, he also enjoys other sports. So I'm glad it's not just NBA because we have a lot of sports to talk about right now. JVT, welcome to the Unreasonable Odds podcast, man. Thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, thanks, man. You know, it'd be surprised to hear that once I got that title, senior NBA analyst, like eight months ago, all of a sudden it was, ah, you only like the NBA. And I was like, no, it's, there's other things that are in there that I enjoy, that I enjoyed quite a bit going up to the side, the circles and jobs and whatnot. So yes, I do enjoy other sports, enjoy handicapping other sports. So uh, how, how dare you? 
Right. right. <laughs> I was told it was, uh, yeah, because I used to, before I got to these and I covered uh, Las Vegas out here a lot, I covered UNLV hoops. And there was at one point where one of my uh, coworkers asked me, you don't really do college basketball, do you? I was like, I covered UNLV basketball for like four years. But yeah, other than that. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad to know that because I'm a big college hoop guy. And uh, I don't know. I haven't even had time to get into that yet, but I'm looking forward to getting my, my college hoops underway. And yes, if, as you see, if you are, if you are watching us, um on youtube um the beautiful vison uh our good friends over at vison background right there um all right man so when we bring a new guest on we like to start off with a game that we call know you better which is just a few questions to get to know kind of your sports betting background have some fun with it um and to start us off and i always tell people this does not mean it needs to be your highest plus odds win or your largest money win, but just simply your favorite win of your sports betting career. Okay. This is, this is actually easy. So my my first year at VSIN, you know, we were really trying to get on the map. We were doing a lot of different stuff. And so I was charged with covering the arena football league and the beginning of the year uh, did a lot of research, looked into a lot of these teams and the Baltimore brigade were one of the best teams in arena football. But in their opening week, for some reason, they were hung as a 21-point underdog uh, to the team that they were playing. I think it's like the Albany Force or whatever it was. That it, it completely off. Like they should have been favored, like by probably about a touchdown or so. And it's just one of my favorite ones because I put, you know, I bet on it. It wasn't necessarily a huge bet, but it was a solid bet. But the fact that they went out there, they blew the other team out, and I was like, hey man, you know, I kind of get this Arena Football League thing. And then sure enough, it, it was not the year that I expected. But I think that's my favorite one because it's arena football. And <laughs> I was right for a certain instance. For one day, I was in arena football league sharp. I think this is actually amazing because last week we heard about like a NASCAR bet. This week we get arena football. Like we are slowly can- yeah. crossing off every sport on the bucket list. I don't know what's left. Tennis. That's the only thing we have left. It had been all major sports for a while. And then uh, last week we had Bill Krakenberger on. He gave a NASCAR bad beat running out of gas at the finish line. Um, I'm going to guess you didn't have as much money on this as crack ahead on his bed. But um, now we're getting to arena football. So we're, we're definitely we're definitely growing. OK, so with that in mind, what was your worst loss? And again, doesn't have to be a dollar amount. But like if, you know, if there was something late that happened or just just a, a loss, that was just absolutely crushing. So this would probably be in my four, like my more formative years when I got out of high school and I was working at Starbucks at the Red Rock Casino out here, and it was right across from the sports books. That's when I really started getting into gambling, and it was the Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. And um, who is their old tight end that they had? It was Colin Kaepernick's tight end. He used to use all the time. But regardless, I think it was Davis. But regardless, you know, had handicapped like, hey, man, you know, if you go back to the beginning of the season, every single one of their games, you know, if he was like out of – was it out of 14 out of the 16 games that they had played or whatever it was uh, that Vernon Davis was the first guy to get a catch. And I was like, yeah, man, like this looks it like they, they scheme things up for him. I'm in, he was 10 to one to get the first catch that game. And so sure enough, first play for the 49ers play action rolls, right. Hits Vernon Davis, just like I expect, but he doesn't get the toe in on the sideline (laughs) and ultimately. And so of course it doesn't cash and they go on to complete a pass to somebody else. But it was one of those where I was like, Hey, I'm getting into this thing. I think this is a really smart deal. It was, but ultimately did not cash. So that that one always comes to mind when somebody asks me this type of question. That's just like the Devante Adams first touchdown from last year. Like how many times did he hit that? Joe was like six or seven. Like it was something insane, but like, yeah. that was like a rolling uh, uh, thing last year. Like that, that hit all the time too. All right. Well, that was, uh, that was one of the 
coolest NFL trends, I guess, last season. So with that in mind, um, and we kind of had been keeping this question to football, but all, literally all sports are going on right now. So I guess take this wherever you want. Um, you can, like, I can, I can tell you right now, I can give you trends that tell you the Browns are definitely going to win tonight. I can give you trends that tell you the Broncos are definitely going to win on Thursday night football tonight. You can spin it however you want. So with so much stuff out there on Twitter and whatnot, what are either like just some trends, some numbers that you think carry weight? You really like to use this in your handicapping process. So I'm a big, I, I, I'm, I'll be honest, I don't like trends a lot, right? Because to your mm-hmm. point, you can spend them any way you want. You know, for example, opening night of the NBA, you know, there was a lot of, hey, fade the team on ring night because they're distracted. And I went back and looked over the database, like 25 years, they were 10 and 15 against the spread, the team getting their rings. But the previous nine years, they were five and four. And then we see what the Bucks did. And now they're six and four ATS in the last 10. So you, you can really spin them any way. So I'm a big matchup guy. So I just like, you know, I like statistics and analytics, you know, for example, and it's really general, but if you're a team that's poor within four feet of the basket defensively, I will look towards teams who like to attack off the bounce and get within four feet of the basket. So I'm more analytically and like driven by that. So I think not so much a trend, but I think it's just matchups. And if you're weak in one area, I'll look to attack it with a certain other thing because trends kind of, sometimes you can fall into the trap of using them a little too often and I try not to do it. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, too, and you kind of like what Julian was said, Twitter is full of a lot of that information, too, as well. So is there a trend that you see that you just like, you know, and again, I know you just said you're not a big trends guy, but is there one that you would say, like, you know, I really want nothing to do with this. And maybe it's something that people talk about often. I always just like the ones that play amateur psychologists, right? Distracted team, letdown spot, like all sorts of things. Uh, because like, you know, you have no idea what's going on in the locker room. You have no idea how these guys feel. And th- those are always my favorite, you know, it goes back to the opening night trend. We just talked about, you know, letdown spots, especially in the NFL. Like when somebody tells me this is a letdown spot in the NFL, it's a red flag for me immediately. Cause I'm like, well, these are professionals that have 16 games to get the job done. I don't think they're like, it, you know, I think I was, there was a trend on Twitter or there was a thought on Twitter before the Ravens Monday night game against the, uh, the Raiders. Hey, they might be looking past the Raiders because they got a big matchup against Kansas City next week. Like it's Monday night of opening week in the National yeah. Football League. I don't think they're looking ahead past the Raiders. So I love the amateur psychology stuff. Those are ones that, that I laugh at all the time. I agree with that. I have a lot of trouble when people using their analysis like this is how this team is, is feeling right mm-hmm. now because you have, like you said, you have no idea. So I, I like that answer. Um, okay. Final one here before we, before we move on to uh, this NFL card, um, you know, and there's two answers or an answer, I guess that we don't allow people to give. And that is bankroll management, because if you're not doing that, you're not going to win money, but your best advice with so many States. Now, obviously you're, you're out in Vegas with, with VSIN, but with so many States now becoming, legal slowly um welcome to DraftKings sportsbook connecticut uh your best advice for for new sports bettors because a lot of people are just starting off with this now oh yeah and i think bankroll management's at the top but i would say over the last two and a half three years i've really become dedicated to okay this is how much money i have these are my unit sizes this is what i am doing with them and slowly but surely what i've done out here in las vegas is you know build up the bankroll at one uh, app one operator take a certain amount out put it out at the upper op- operator right and now so far i've got four apps with enough of a bankroll that i can play get shop numbers do all of those things bankroll management to me has become like one of the most key things 
uh, as a handicapper because even on the times that you're down or times that you're in a little bit of a slump because it's going to happen, as long as you're keeping a base roll of your one unit play, which usually should be 1% of your bankroll, more often than not, you are not going to find yourselves in a hole where you're going to have to deposit money or anything like that or losing your shirt, as people say. A bankroll management to me has become like top of the list if you're talking about advice going forward. Um, all right. I like that. And yes, as somebody that's coming off of uh, getting slaughtered on an NFL Sunday <laughs> and you get all that hate on Twitter yep. from the people that lost all the money in their accounts, yep. this is why you manage a bankroll because we're fine. We live to see another day. It was not fun for me either to all the people <laughs> that are so angry about it. Um, <laughs> that was me two weeks ago, man. Two weeks ago for me, it was a bloodbath. I could not pick my nose on Sunday. Yep. Um, nothing was right. So it came after a six and one college football Saturday, though. And makes so you feel better. Fun. Does make you feel better. Um, all right. Let's quickly start with this disgusting injury riddled yeah. Thursday night football game of the Broncos, who were once six point underdogs, I believe, in this one. They getting were. closer and closer to a pick 'em. I think one point underdogs on DK Sportsbook the last I checked. Yep. Um, we're still sitting there. Yep. So, and that's actually changed um, since fr- from like an hour ago. Cause when DraftKings sent out the splits, the splits uh, that two. we post out, it was at minus two and the money was actually almost pretty even at minus two. So obviously there's been um, some heavy moving there in the past hour and a half since uh, as we're recording this Thursday afternoon. All right. Keep, keep talking, Steve, because you're not going to get me to pick a side in this game. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, I feel bad for anybody who took this at minus six when it first opened up. Because you wouldn't be taking that if it was Case Keenum, if you had known that. But obviously, this has taken some, you know, dramatic line moves because of the injuries that have happened. Like you even said it too, uh, as of yesterday, this was at a pick'em at one point. Uh, Browns went back down to minus three. I mean, it's just been kind of all over the place. Like I want nothing to do with this game at all. Um, I don't think many people do, unless you've already been invested in this. So, um, and, and the total c- continues to, to fall as well. This opened up at forty-four and a half. It's at forty and a half now. I mean. Maybe an over at this point at 40 yeah. and a half, but just gross. Just it's so gross so from top to bottom. I'll say this before we send it to you if you want to toss anything out on this game, JVT. Um, I might be interested. It's now 40 and a half. Like I yeah. might be interested in the over. Look at these defenses. The Broncos defense we found out is overrated. The Raiders just made them look foolish on, on Sunday. The Browns defense has given up a million points to the chargers, a million points to the Cardinals. Like, do I feel great about playing it over with, you know, Teddy Bridgewater and this grinded out offense and case Keenum without Chubb hunt OBJ's dinged up um, a couple of offensive linemen, like does not feel good, but it feels like it's getting to the point where it is too low for these defenses that we're seeing who are also sore and on the short week. And, you know, I don't like 21 to 20. We win the over here. That feels like if you said, here's a hundred bucks, you got to bet a side or total. I'm probably going over 40 and a half. Cause I know people will want some kind of take on right. this game. And then at the same time, if you made me pick a side and I like the over much more than a side, but Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy covers Teddy Bridgewater as an underdog going up against case Keenum without, with all those missing weapons on offense including the linemen with you know the broncos pass rush so i don't if you're pinning me down it's the broncos in the in the over tonight 
So I'm uh, I'm sitting back and waiting to see where the market goes, and uh, I'm going to be taking Cleveland at some point today. Okay. Um, and, and I want to uh, hopefully it gets to pick or whatever it's going to be. But so part of it, there's a couple of things. The, the injuries are are pretty massive for him. But reading through some of the reports earlier this morning, looks like you're going to get one of the two offensive tackles. J.C. Treader's probably going to play. So three of the five, three, me, two of the three offensive linemen on the injury report looks like they're going to go. And the backup offensive lineman uh, who's going to be playing right tackle actually grades out pretty well by some PFF standards. So I think you'll be able to do that. You don't love that you don't have the top two running backs, but I think, as you know, when you talk about NFL handicapping, as good as they are, Plug and play. Uh, uh, yeah, running backs really don't work that much. Case in point, Vikings are 2-0 in the two games that Dalvin Cook has missed this year. So, And the other side of it is, you know, I my co-host Matt Humans and I on the edge were talking about this. I'm really surprised that the market has moved as much with the announcement that Baker Mayfield is not going to play. Case Keenum played under Kevin Stefanski when the Vikings made it to the NFC Championship game those couple of years ago. You know, he's been in this system. It's very familiar for him. Jarvis Landry is going to be active and playing tonight as well. So he's back from injury. And all three of the defensive linemen on the injury report are going to play this week or tonight too. So I just think it's more like a, like a value grab where a team, like you mentioned, opened up as a six-point favorite all the way down to like minus one. So I'm going to hold out and get a little greedy, see if I can get a pick there with Cleveland. But uh, I think that's – I'm going to sit around in value shop and I'm going to go be with <laughs> on the Browns tonight in this ugly game. I, think I, I, I know that. you're not a huge – sorry, Julian. I know, I know you're not a huge trends guy, but – Case Keenum in his past 10 starts as a starter, two, seven, and one against the spread in the, <clears throat> over that span, which is not great, which, no, is, it's which not is not great. great at all. But obviously, this is, you know, unique circumstances. Real quick, too, and then you can get to your point, Julian. Um, one prop I actually might put a little bit of a sprinkle on here is to get the Broncos defense to score an anytime touchdown at plus 500. That feels like a a pretty decent number there for, you know, Keenum who's been mistake prone in his career uh, to throw a pick six in this scenario. Plus 500 is not a, is not a bad number by any means. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't even know what, if I had a point because I have so few takes on this game, but I, of course I have a Thursday night football best bets article to write today and I have no bets on this game. So I'm going <laughs> to have to come up with something to advise the people and say, Hey, I'm probably staying away. There you go. You need some Thursday night football action. Like I'm looking through the props and it's like, well, maybe we can get a little bit of value on a, on a Browns running back, but like we're adjusted. Um, is, is there a prop that you guys have something on total sacks in the game or something like that? Cause what I find pretty interesting about this matchup, you know, we talk about the offensive line injuries for the Browns. Teddy Bridgewater has been under pressure according to PFF on 38.8% of his dropbacks. And this is a pretty good offensive line or defensive line that they're taking on against a, a relatively below average offensive line for the Denver Broncos. You know, Blake Jackson's out there, Javon Clowney, Miles Garrett, by the way, they had the vaunted players only meeting for the defense the other day. So that's got to be good. Uh, but I, I think really, like if you're looking at quarterbacks getting dropped quite a bit on some passing plays, I wonder what that would look like. Yeah, I was hoping for four and a half. The yeah. over five and a half is even money. Yeah, I was hoping for four and a half as well. So yeah. Yeah, shop around maybe. But yeah, that's what I was uh, banking on in terms of a number for that. Um, all right. Yeah. So I don't know. Well. I'll make something up on this game uh, in terms of uh, finding under 20 get, points get in the first half. There's, there's your bet. So you like the over for the game and the under for the first half. That doesn't seem good. Does anything seem good? No. <laughs> um, all right. We've devoted far too much time to this game already. So we're moving on. Um, heavy favorites on this Sunday card. Um, you've got the Packers, the Patriots and the Ravens all floating around a touchdown, six and a half to seven and a half point, um, all home favorites. You've got 
the big favorites, the Rams, 15 and a half hosting the Lions, the Bucks, 12 hosting the Bears, the Cardinals, 17 and a half hosting Houston. It's kind of a weird week. I, I kind of hate this week. Yep. Um, some things to, to throw out there that I've gotten in on. I, I did grab the Patriots at six and a half. I hate this team. I had them plus four against the Cowboys. We're we're both based in in Boston, by the way. So okay, we're Boston sports fans. I don't this. I've only bet on the Patriots twice this year. The first time was against the Jets at the Jets, and they covered. The other times, I'm just like, well, I just hope they win, but I have no confidence in them. And then I got my hands dirty and went to the sharp side going against the Cowboys on Sunday, and uh, woof. And I'm uh, coming back, the 0-4 at home. I'm coming back, betting on the Patriots, minus 6.5 at home because I believe the Jets are, are that bad and on the road and even coming off a bye, the, the Patriots need to win this game to, to get to 3-4 and four if they want to have any hope. They're still not good enough because all their wins will be over the Jets and Texans even after this game to make the playoffs. But to keep the illusion of making the playoffs alive, you need to win this game. So it's a big game at the at the moment, even though it probably becomes meaningless at the end of the season. So yeah. Pats minus six and a half. I, this is how you know this week is bad. Like I got the Falcons at a pick em at Miami. The Falcons are coming off the bye going to London. They're getting Calvin Ridley back. The only reason I bet this is, and it would have been better value if the Dolphins didn't actually lose to the Jags, but it does speak to how bad the Dolphins are and how, I mean, Tua looked awful. Um yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen this and you can either of you can correct me if I'm wrong. Has anybody come back from London and not taken the buy? No, I, I haven't seen that before. I think it's because of where Miami's based, right? They have a home game. So it's not that long of a flight as you would think or travel situation, but you're right. Like, I think it's pretty surprising to do yeah, that. I don't, it's, I get that. It's like, you know, it's the same thing as playing like the chargers or, or whatever, technically, but it, I feel like it's not, I don't know why. Again, I guess this is me. Maybe I'm making a mistake trying to, see how the Dolphins feel like we just talked about I don't know how the Dolphins feel but going to London does feel different than you know staying in the U.S. I right. I think it's kind of a, a tough spot for Miami but again I'm taking the Falcons in a in a pick them on the road so I, that tells you what I think of this stinky week in the NFL yeah uh, by the way, I, I feel your pain on the Patriots. I bet on them twice this week, uh, this year too. <laughs> week one, it laid two and a half, and Damian Harris fumbles as they're going uh, to potentially win that game. That sucked. And then uh, I was on them at plus four and a half last week too. And I'm with you. I was like, yeah, good number. This is feeling great. And then uh, they don't good go number. for it. And you go to game. overtime. It's like, all yep. right, well, maybe they don't win, but this this will come down to three. Nobody throws the touchdown on the second possession in overtime, but the defense was that bad. But I, I agree with you. I think you're you're getting a similar number as to the one that you were when you were taking on the Jets on the road, right? You're talking about five and a half, six and a half in that range when they blew them out in what was it, week two. Um, I, I used them on a teaser. And so it's interesting you bring up these two games. So I teased the Patriots down to minus one and I teased the Dolphins up to eight and oh. a half. And mainly my thinking is because I'm, I'm big on power ratings and market power ratings and how we perceive these teams and whatnot. And, and I think it is the Dolphins are at an all-time low with their market power rating at this point right now. You know, losing that game, the way that they have been playing at this point. But I find it fascinating that we are, what, at week seven now? Dolph or the Falcons have played six games. Five out of those six games, the market has played against them every single time. The only exception being that Giants game where they opened up three and closed two and a half. And I just think this is kind of a play against the market perception of where Miami is now. Now, I don't want to take two and a half, but I think when you're talking right. about two and a half, teasing them up through three and through seven and getting that eight and a half, 
I think that's a pretty fair number. This is a Falcons team, third lowest pressure rate at this point in the National Football League, pretty porous secondary as well that gives to us, you know, in this offense, some easier throws and some easier continuity on offense. Uh, I think that if we're talking about that teaser situation, I feel comfortable with that. So I am involved in those two. So tease the Patriots down to one and got eight and a half with the Dolphins. We're a big teaser podcast here. Very at big. Odds. Yeah, those um, long teasers, those key number teasers. Say, you know, any, any situation that you can use them in, I'm totally down. You know, I'm looking for another leg for the Packers today. You know, the Packers uh, all the way down to seven and a half now. As of this morning, that's going to be something yeah. worth using. Right. I didn't. I didn't see that one coming. So the only other thing that I was going to add there is, I think, and I don't want to be too heavy to the Patriots on this card, but I, I really don't think the Patriots lose this game. The the Packers Patriots teaser. Yep. Uh, jumps out to me as something that will probably be by the time we're doing all of our Sunday shows, Steve, probably going to be my best bet by the time we get there. Well, and it's, it's reminiscent of last week, right? You know, last week for some reason, sharp betters would just not stop betting the, yeah, would not stop betting the giants. And then all of a sudden you get that number knocked down to eight and a half and you're like, okay, cool. Throw it on the teaser and see what happens. It wasn't even close. The Rams took care of this. That was close for like half of the first quarter. And and then the Rams started pulling away. So yeah, it's, it's a weird situation that, you know, there's so much action against green Bay, similar to last week. So I, I want to bring up, I'm glad you brought up the Giants because I wanted to bring that up because like as of right now, like my favorite bet on the board right now is the Panthers minus three against the Giants. Like what, what am I missing here? Like, it, like I feel like the market is down on them because they've lost two in a row coming into this game now. Now they're facing the Giants, but it's like the Giants are just, you know, there's so many injuries on that team. And then like, they just look completely lost and like defensively that, you know, what are they going to do? Like, I, I get it. Like obviously McCaffrey remains out for the Panthers and whatnot, but like the Panthers should be able to handle them without issue here. So minus three for the Panthers, like this just feels like it, it, it's, it, it's not right. So for me, you know, sometimes that ends up being like, you know, a trap on the week. But I just don't see how the Panthers don't cover minus three against the Giants at this point. Yeah, I see. I I, I want to ask that question to you guys because I, I I'm confused why the Panthers are favored on the road. To be quite honest, I just when you looked at Sam Darnold and and it's not even Sam Darnold. I want to start with Sam Darnold. Start with the offensive line. This is one of the worst offensive lines in the National Football League. Like if you look at some of their, I'm big on the PFF grading system. I like what they do. Also break it down statistically where you get actual numbers behind stuff. But Darnold's been pressured on 37.6 of his dropbacks. Only one player along this offensive line has a PFF pass blocking grade of over 50. Like it's been really bad for this offensive line. And you saw last week, Darnold didn't have anything. He, the, they, were kept, they kept dropping passes. He was on pressure at almost every single dropback, and he's been terrible under pressure. We're talking about 51% completion, seven yards per attempt, one touchdown, seven turnover-worthy plays. I can understand if we're talking about like a pick in this sort of a situation, and Carolina defensively I think is above average. They're clearly not as good as they were at the beginning of the year, but they're an above-average unit. I just wonder from the perspective of what we've seen from Carolina over the last three weeks, specifically with their offense – and by the way, we just talked about how all of a sudden the sharp market couldn't get enough of the Giants. Now they're three point underdogs at home to the Carolina Panthers. I just that's to me was a little shocking to see what Carolina has done offensively over the last three weeks and now see them laying three on the road against the Giants. So real quick to your point, though, as well, according to PFF, the Giants are one of the worst ranked pass rushing teams yep. in the league. So how much of a problem with So like I, I totally get what you're saying and, I, and I'm with you on that, but that was also kind of why I like the Panthers more because the Giants have not been getting any pressure on the quarterback. So now Donald's working with a cleaner pocket than usual. Maybe they can start getting, you know, DJ Moore going again or, or Robbie Anderson into the mix. That's just, that was another point that I wanted to bring up too, is that the pressure has been immense for Donald, but it feels like he's not going to be getting a lot from this team specifically. Yeah. 
sitting, no, sitting back for a second and just listening to this conversation, it just sounds like we're talking about two bad teams. No, hundred percent. And and I think it's a good test, right? Like in terms of like what wins out at the end, bad pass blocking or bad pass rushing, right? Like sure. if you, if what is ultimately going to work out for the other team. So I, I haven't bet this game. You know, I, I think again, when we're talking about those teasers, you know, we're floating around that two and a half range giants are a teasable candidate. If it's going to close around there, uh, I, I'm just more curious, like from a power rating perspective, because and I'll, I'll be uh, upfront with this too. After the first three weeks, I wrote an article about it for Points Per Weekly or Magazine of VSEN, brought it up on the show multiple times that I was going to be looking to play against the Panthers as often as possible going forward because I thought there were a lot of indicators that they were somewhat fraudulent and that just played out over the last three weeks. So uh, I think that's where I come at it from, like a preconceived notion. And so far, it's been right to a certain extent. Uh, but I do wonder, like to me, and that's what ultimately kept it off of it, because you're right. Like we're talking about like the second worst pressure rate, really bad in terms of pass rushing. So I just think it's pretty interesting that a bad team, uh, that was bet against, uh, by the way, too, last week. Remember, the Vikings ultimately closes a two-and-a-half-point road favorite in that game is now a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite on the road. Um, let me ask you about these Wong teasers real quick because it sounds like it's something that you you are high on and use in your in your betting strategy. Um, and teasing is something that we, we do a lot here. Um, my eye, and maybe it's it's a bit more of a square, whatever you want to call it, side. But my I, my gut, I always just feel more comfortable taking. Let's use the Packers and Patriots as an example. Those touchdown range home favorites, two of them to essentially win the game, getting them down to the one range. Um, that's where I always feel my most confident. You're always going to get tripped up and lose one, uh, you know, along the way. But I I, I just feel like. You know, that is something that throughout the course of the season, you know, you can generally get three out of four of them in a month if you're doing your two strongest touchdown favorites each week. Um, occasionally, I'll tease a team up like like the the eight and a half Buffalo, even on the road at Kansas City. I took mm-hmm. them. I, I took the plus three with them. I took the money line with Buffalo. I loved Buffalo, but I felt good enough with them to just tease them up to eight and a half, nine as well. But it's not something I do much. It sounds like something you maybe do a little bit more of talking about teams and home home field goal range dogs here, Miami, the Giants. Um, what is kind of your thought process with the other side of that? Because I think we cover the the home touchdown favorites pretty well. But when you're looking to tease these two and a half, three point dogs up, what exactly are you looking for to identify those spots? Yeah, I think, well, you're you're right because I, I I tend to be selective too, especially with the underdogs. I try to stick with those those home underdogs of two and a half, uh, because you get the added bonus of just being at home. And you know, homes home field not worth as much anymore as we know. I think they're mathematically it's around like you know like one and a half two points depending on how you grade it out. But it's just a small advantage. But I tend to stick with the home underdogs of floating around two and a half points. And that's where I am. At. And I don't think there's anything square about what you're talking about, right? The the home favorite of about a touchdown or so. They're through, Yep. And getting that through two key numbers. As long as you're getting through those two key numbers of three and seven, you know, those are very profitable. And I would say the other part of it, which is very important, is the prices that you're laying on those teasers, too. You know, I always want like I always shop at the places where we're talking about minus 125, minus 130 at the most, because, you know, that, that's where you're getting the good value. I think a lot of people. Yes, it's about the points, but it's also about the price and the imp- uh, implied probability that you're laying. And, and those are the prices that I think you want to be laying when you talk about these teasers. 
minus 120 on our six point teasers on DraftKings Sportsbook. Yep. And that's awesome because and that's a big, well, that, and that's a big port of conversation because it's funny, all these uh, old heads that I work with, they tell me, you know, back in the day, teasers used to be minus 110. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's we heard, that's we've heard awesome. some even money, some even <laughs> right. money way back uh, in the day. Yep. But now, nice. you know, there's spots out here in Las Vegas that charge a dollar 40, you know, yeah. for those teasers. They, they are very profitable. And there's a reason why around the country those prices are going up on those. So, yeah, dollar 20 is a very fair price. And then, and just real quick too, if you are talking about the Patriots and Packers, if you just parlayed those two to win on the money line, you're getting minus one seventy two on that money line yep. parlay. Whereas, where if you and Julian, you brought this up too before, if you're um, doing the teaser on this one, basically get them down to one each. Um, it's minus one twenty. So you're getting a much better price on that too as well. Yep. It's I, like I don't know how that still exists, and I pray that nobody changes this. Well, we gotta stop like, talking about it. That's what I'm saying. Every week, you're, you're essentially getting a minus 170 to minus 180 money line parlay on two teams you like for minus 120 every week. Maybe there's one week where they win by one and screw you over. But like long term, getting that minus 120 instead of the minus 180 is a, a ridiculous deal. So I hope that that I don't know if you want to call it a loophole or whatever in these six point teasers on, on the favorite on the touchdown range favorites that that uh remains because that's Mm -hmm. the part that gets me every week and even when so like i don't advise always doing this but i did do like a five leg six point teaser earlier in the year one week and it came through for me i needed the justin tucker field goal against the lions (laughs) but it came through for me at plus 400 um and my simple reasoning in taking it was because i couldn't say no to the value because i put the five teams in a money line parlay and it was plus 212 but if you tease the five it's plus 400 that's ridiculous the value yep. in teasers is, is by free. the way that week was and that was that, that week we talked about a lot on our show that week if you're talking about teams that were seven and a half point favorites or, uh, or seven and a half to eight and a half point favorites or underdogs of one and a half to two and a half points all teased up uh, they were they all cashed every single leg cashed no matter how you used it no matter what combination you used uh, you were going to cash every single one of them now the chiefs did play that week but they didn't fall into that category because they were seven and not seven and a half but when you're talking about the seven and a half and teasing through those yeah they've been super profitable and that week i was on i had a ravens <laughs> i had the ravens on the teaser leg too and uh, i was sitting at bar canada out here in the d with mitch moss one of our hosts and i was slapping him on yeah. the shoulder when that thing went through <laughs> Hey, real quick, I just want to bring this up too, just because this is such a unique week where we have, you know, three teams that are, you know, over double-digit underdogs in this one. And I've kind of seen people are, are trying to roll with teasing all the underdogs in this one. So you're getting a lot of these teams at, you know, plus 20 or, or you know, even higher. Um, do, you have, do you have like any real take on that or any real thoughts on that? I know this is like a unique situation, but I think that's going to be a, a strategy that people are really going to try to implement this week because we have so many ridiculous favorites on this slate. Yeah, I would say just be cautionary of teasing just to tease, right? Like the, the, yeah. the point the point of the long tease is that you're getting through two key numbers on, on outcomes right. that regularly happen in the National Football League. There's a reason why these teams are as big of underdogs as they are. right? And so when you get into the range of 15, 16, 17 points, those numbers aren't as key. So you'd be surprised when you're talking about teams that are favored by about 17 points, winning by much more. The case in yeah. point, the, uh, the Buffalo Bills a couple of weeks ago, I think there's that week we were just talking about, Buffalo Bills against uh, the, right, the Washington football team. Yep. They were a very big, they were a solid favorite and they took care of business there too. So I think when you're talking about like these teams, uh, or excuse me, my mind slipped. I'm talking about the Texans game, excuse me, where they were big favorites. Oh, the yeah, yeah. Four, oh yeah, 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 right, right, right. Um, but it, the, like, that's the case. That's the point, right? Is that these big favorites actually win by a lot more than you can kind of think that they do. And so I wouldn't tease just to tease. The point of using a teaser at those prices is to get through key numbers. 
And just real quick, I uh, just came through. Jarvis Landry is going to be active tonight uh, with the MCL sprain, so he will be active for the Browns tonight. Yep. Um, yeah, just really quick. Like, my thought on those, like, the Cardinals, um, the Bucks, the Rams, like, one of those teams is going to win by 30. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, you don't want to just get all those. Look, look at how many points I'm getting with all these teams. Like, one of them's not going to get there. One of them's going to get absolutely destroyed. And I'm, I don't necessarily know who it's going to be, but it's going to be one of them. Could be all of them. Oh, it could be all of them. <laughs> it could be all of them. <laughs> I mean, yes, the teams that they're playing stink. So, yeah, we'll okay. see. Um, all right. Do we have any more NFL uh, thoughts on, on week seven? Uh, I'd like to pick your guys' brain on, on a game, if you don't mind. Let's go. Uh, what, what do you guys think about Cincinnati and Baltimore? Because uh, I, I find mm. myself in the camp of Cincinnati here, and I, I want to see if I can get – seven or so. And I think one of the underrated things or undercovered things about this Ravens team is actually how kind of poor they've been in the secondary. If you look at some of these things, you know, if you talk about it from a defensive philosophy standpoint, Ravens love to blitz, right? We've seen it over the last few years. Uh, Right now they're third in terms of blitz rate, but when your secondary is beat up like theirs is, and you blitz a lot, it's a lot of one-on-one matchups. And there's a lot of issues that come from that. They've given up the third most yards after catch this season. They have the second most missed tackles this season because of the situations in which they put themselves in. And very quietly, Joe Burrow is actually the second best quarterback in the NFL against the Blitz. He's completed 72% of his passes, 10.5 yards per attempt. He's thrown six touchdowns. He hasn't committed a single turnover worthy play on those attempts. And the Bengals have actually put together a pretty solid front against the run where they're not going to stop Lamar Jackson. But if you're talking about taking like seven in the range of that with the Ravens team, that's coming off of a big public spot in which they covered and took care of business against the chargers. Like I, I have the Bengals circled as like a contest play and and a bet to make this weekend too. I want to, let me say this. First of all, there's a team that's on the board. That's a six and a half to seven and a half point favorite. And I don't mention them at all as a potential teaser leg. That probably means that I, like the dog in some mm-hmm. kind of in some kind of way there which which is the case here yeah i agree and honestly like the Bengals have been like a sneaky good team against the run too as well this year and, and obviously the the ravens run at one of the highest rates in the league but i think it's only one team has gone over collectively over 100 rushing yards against this team and you know we've seen instances where the uh Bengals are playing from behind so opposing teams are able to run against them but they're just not letting up much on the ground so if that takes out one of the you know biggest weapons of the uh of the ravens and to be fair lamar jackson has been a much much better passer mm-hmm. over the past like really like s- season if you go back to last year to now like he's making extremely big strides. Uh, Bateman coming back is obviously a big thing for the Ravens too, as well, because they know how much that they love them. But I, I, I honestly like the Bengals have been probably my most personal uh, profitable team so far. Like I just keep nailing them on the spread and everything. They're only three and three against the spread, but they feel like a much better three and three against the spread team. Cause it's like when they have been covering, they've been smashing. Uh, when, when they cover the spread. So I like, I like the Bengals as uh, almost over a touchdown um, underdog in this spot. Like you said, I'd love to get them at seven. If I can, it's still sitting at six and a half, but um, yeah, that I, I agree with Julian. If there's a six and a half team that's sitting there and they're not already on my teaser list, then yeah, they're, they're, there's a reason for that. I, I like the Bengals in this spot. Um. I mean, the, the, you couldn't be selling any higher on Baltimore, too. Like, everybody's talking about coming off of that victory, holding Herbert and the Chargers to six points. Um, meanwhile, the Bengals just blew out a team who, yes, the Lions stink. I have them under five wins on the season for plus money, but they've 
almost won two games. It's taken right. historical, uh, you know, a historical combination of, of field goals to, to keep them winless. So, you know, the Bengals just uh, went on the road, right, to Detroit and took care of, a, uh, you know, a team that's at least been competing with other teams. So, yeah, and really quickly, on you mentioned Lamar Jackson having a good year passing the ball. Lamar Jackson's played six games, and he is more than halfway to his season-long passing yards prop. Wow. Through six games. <laughs> oh. It was sitting around 3,200 on DK Sportsbook. He has 1,686 yards through six games. He stays healthy. He has 11 left to absolutely obliterate wow. that number. Um, so the perception that Lamar Jackson can't pass the ball is not very real. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, all right, Steve, anything else for you, I guess, on this NFL board? Nope. That's I'm good. All right. There we go. We got, uh, we got through everything, I guess. Um, okay. Let's do, uh, I guess, I mean, we're almost at the world series. You want to do like a few minutes on MLB here. We'll do a few minutes on NBA and get out of here. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Here's what we're going to do right now. I'm going to ask you your question that you need to respond on Twitter, DM the unreasonable odds podcast at unreasonable odd with the correct answer to this question. And the contest ends on Sunday afternoon. And by Monday, 10 of you will be contacted for uh, as the winners of $50 free bets on DraftKings Sportsbook. Who won the NBA finals last season? (laughs) Who won the NBA finals last season? It's and legit, like, like, it, it, like, go on Google if you don't know. Don't just guess. Like, it's you, like people guess with Tom Brady. You don't some have you to guess. With, some of you guessed with Tom Brady, or some of you forgot that he won last year with the Bucks, or thought it was how many did he win with the Patriots, which was not part of the question. Get it right. <laughs> this question's this question's easier, I think. Get it right. DM the Unreasonable Odds podcast on Twitter. Um, and you will be eligible to be one of 10 winners for a $50 free bet on drafting sports. To be fair, this is the third NBA season in a calendar year. So maybe yes. <laughs> we are, <Wow. laughs> let's, uh, let's preface with this by saying the winner of the 2020 to 2021 NBA finals that concluded in July, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And not the in Orlando. Just the team that just got their rings the other day. Right. Correct. That's, that's, that's a help team. That is a helpful hint. Helpful if hint. people get this wrong this week, next week's question is going to be, what is the name of the podcast? Because we need to dumb this down as humanly possible if people get this one wrong. Oh, I accidentally gave away the answer, too, and one of the questions you asked me about being a better. So. Ah, well, whatever. Uh, <laughs> glad to help everyone out. MLB postseason, um, Steve, as you know, I've been doing well with it, but I just keep betting the Red Sox. That's my secret. And uh, that that has slowed down the last two nights. So, um, yeah. believe it or not, I kind of like the Red Sox on Friday night in Houston with Evaldi on the no, you should. Plus, plus money, plus 115. I got I to have it game. Um, if you've been listening to local Boston sports radio this morning, you've heard um, a little bit of the chatter about Houston – potentially doing some whatever you want to call it gamesmanship yep uh or beyond gamesmanship whichever one it is a little bit of whistling for the old fastball and uh ball started soaring over the green monster apparently that was happening in chicago as well um 
So yeah, I don't really have any baseball takes besides uh, I'll be pretty bored with Braves Astros. I selfishly want Dodgers Red Sox as a Red Sox fan, as a Dodgers better. Um, and as somebody that's going to be betting the Red Sox at plus 115 on Friday night. That well, to be clear, fair, as a Red Sox, as, as a Red Sox fan, you should actually want Red Sox Braves because Red Sox would have home field advantage if that was I, the case. I want my I want my money and my fan and my fandom uh, both. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> that's fair. I have some money on um, the Reds. I have some money on the Red Sox, too. Um, I, I think you should like Evaldi in this matchup against the Astros on the road. Uh, quite frankly, if it was that, and, and again, this is not like a, a Boston-based thing, but I think everybody saw the one-two call to Jason Castro. That was uh, very clearly a strike. It was one of the 21 missed calls by, um, you know, we won't even name his name, the umpire who was behind home plate in that game. Um, but that, w- that would have changed the complexion of everything because Evaldi then would not have got hit after that, because the inning would have been over and we go into the bottom of the ninth tied two to two of um, Baldy has pitched much, much better than that last showing that we saw uh, at Fenway park coming into a, a role that he's not usually in, in, in relief there. So I think he gets back on track here as a starter. Um, his numbers on the road aren't as good as they were at Fenway park, which feels like it should be backwards because of how much of a friendly hitter park Fenway park is, but, um, like the matchup for him in Houston, much cozier ballpark in Houston. I think they get it done there. And we force into a game seven. Um, this has nothing to do with me betting that this goes to seven games, uh, for this series, but I do think that they get it done here. Yep. I like it. Yeah, I just have a uh, I have an Astros to win the AL at a six to one ticket that I bet back in July. So I'm just sitting back and rooting for the Houston Astros, even though I'm an Angels guy and I hate every single part of it. Uh, I'm hoping that this <laughs> this lineup waking up uh, the last two games kind of is a is a real thing because I've been surprised. I've been as surprised that the Red Sox I think uh, have hit grand slams in every single game for the last month it seems, uh, but also surprised about the lack of pop from this lineup from the Astros in the first few games of the series. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm, that was kind of my banking on is, and obviously Lance McCullers not being part of this roster really hurt me too. But yeah, I'm sitting on six to one, so I'm I'm happy where the series is at at this point right now. Nice number, not too shabby. Um, any NL take, Steve? Dodgers are in trouble. I I, I think by the, the time you listen to this, I'm saying the Dodgers are in trouble. The Dodgers might be done by the time yeah. you listen to this. They, they, I, I think they will be done. Max Fried is does not get enough love in Major League Baseball. He is just an absolute stud. Uh, the Dodgers um, are a good hitting club against lefties, not a good hitting power club against lefties, which seems uh, amazing with the amount of talent that they have on that team. But just um, you know the loss of Max Muncy, Muncy, who does is a lefty that has a ton of power against them. Um, they just lost Justin Turner for the rest of the series. He's actually one of the better guys against lefties as well. So that's a pretty big ding on them as well. So they'll likely get Pujols into the lineup tonight uh, to face free because he's actually one of the best hitting uh, power lefty uh, against lefties in the league. Still his numbers against them power wise are amazing, but um, that, yeah, I, I just, I'm I'm shocked. I I had I I thought the the Braves might be able to win this series. I didn't think they'd be able to win this series in this fashion. That you know they came close to sweeping the Dodgers at this point. But um, they're on a roll right now, and um, it, it just shows in these playoffs. And that's what we're seeing with the Astros right now. Once the team gets on a roll, it's hard to stop them. And they were able to do that with the Red Sox. And now they're on the roll, and that's kind of how it feels with the Braves. So I would not feel comfortable backing the Dodgers in this spot, even in a must-win game. Freed, for me, uh, has just been that good. 
Yeah, I agree with all that. And because you, you're absolutely right. One of the things, the, the philosophies that I've had this baseball season, if I'm taking my shots against the Dodgers, it's when there's left-handed pitching on the mound up against them. They're, they're surprisingly average against lefties. And yeah. you know, some of that has to do with some of their best hitters are left-handed and, and that goes throughout the regular season. But you're absolutely right. So I, that's what I would agree with either that or a first five under here because they've been relatively poor with runners in scoring position as well throughout this series. So it looks to me like a, a low-scoring Braves win uh, when they when they take the field next. I'm with you. All right, there's some MLB. Um, Steve, unless you're going to take a buck in the dark here, you can sit out NBA, <laughs> but maybe we can bring that segment back this season. Steve knows nothing about basketball, so I would just, when I do basketball segments, I just make him <laughs> guess a game. He literally does it with his eyes closed. Um, he was <laughs> had a surprisingly good record. <laughs> floating, floating right around 500. Makes me feel better about somebody who regularly grinds through an NBA regular season on a night-to-night basis. As do I. Um, all right. So start to the NBA season has been nice. Um, I've pretty much split every night. I split Nets money line and Warriors plus five. I got the good number early on opening night. Um, and then last night I had some some Celtics money line and some points in that ridiculous double overtime game that I don't know if I should feel good or bad about and uh, did get through with my biggest bet. I did play like over a week ago. I played the Bulls minus three against the Pistons. That one got steamed up to five, five and a half. The number almost mattered very much with that, uh, whatever it was, put back at the buzzer by Corey yeah, Joseph. Yep. I do want to say I love that the NBA, they could have just walked off the floor and left that at four. I was fine at minus three either way. I was happy I got the early number. I know a lot of people had the four or five. I'm very happy that the NBA went and looked at that and got it right. All the money was on the Bulls and, you know, betters got paid. So I'd like to see that from the NBA taking that seriously. Um, that, that was cool to see as, as a better um they have to right i mean you're you're in bed with sports betting now like this is part of the deal so yeah i agree with you know i saw a lot of people lauding them for it and i was like yeah they they need to like this is when they pulled that crap with the integrity fees when they first started getting into this and all of that stuff like if you're going to be a sports betting this and partnership that then you need to make sure you get the results right so you're absolutely right 100 percent um all right before we look at i guess the rest of this week ish in in nba um anything jump out to you so far this season anything you've bet that you felt good about anything that you've lost that turned you on to anything or yeah nothing crazy you know i've, I've had a pretty solid start to the year you know it was on um, milwaukee a plus one and a half in that game against the nets um played on a little information with the andrew wiggins uh, minutes limit uh, a couple of books forgot to remove his proper lower it so i had him under 19 and a half points uh, I went back for double. I double dipped with the Kings last night. Uh, I nice. took them at five and then they moved up to seven. And I was like, I'll do it again. <laughs> right. It's that meme. F it, I'll do it again. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it's been it's been a solid start it was on Philly minus two yesterday, too. So it's been a cool start for me. And tonight I'm on Atlanta and I just it, minus two and a half against the Mavericks. It's a small play. But I think when you look at the Mavericks, they're just rolling it back. And that's kind of the thing that turns me off against Dallas. You know, you're a team that was, yeah, you're a five seed, but you're a poor defensive team. And your, your big roster addition is Reggie Bullock, who is a solid player, a fine player, but it's not improving you in any way. I also have a very negative view of Jason Kidd as a coach. So uh, that's where I'm on tonight. But I think moving forward, one of the things I would probably leave anybody who's listening to this is I'm really high on Minnesota. 
I, I bet on him this game uh, against the Houston Rockets. I have plus 695 to make the playoffs. I have Carl Anthony Towns to win MVP at 100 to 1. Uh, they're going to be a bet on team for me moving forward. I think Minnesota is on the cusp of something really solid. Chris Finch is a really good coach. He improved their offensive rating dramatically when he took over last year. They ended the season on a seven and five straight up an ATS run, and they continued that beating up Houston. I think this is going to be like a solid play in team and obviously potentially winning two play in games. Maybe you only need to win one and get in, but. I would say look out for the T-Wolves. I think the market hasn't caught up with how good they are. All right. I like that. That's good info right there. That was not something that was was really on my radar. Um, so for me, yeah, for, I agree I agree with you on Atlanta, mostly because Dallas just didn't do anything, like you said, right. to, to get any better. Atlanta obviously looked great finishing the season. Um, they also have pieces, right, for Luka. Like, they have, like, really good defensive wings, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, good piece up front in Clint Capella. Like, they, they think they just match up well with them, you know? Yeah. Um, I haven't bet them at two and a half yet. That would – if I took a side in that game, that, that would be it. Um, I'm still bitter towards the Hawks for – I had a, Steve and I had a great number on their under win total last year with the 72-game um, season. Me too. 72-game <laughs> season. I think we had under 38 and a half. It was. Nope. Wins. They were 14 and 20, right? Looking good. Oh my God. I didn't, that was, it was uh, like almost, we were get, almost reaching like mathematically impossible to, to <laughs> get there. And, that was my uh, one preseason win total loss last year <laughs> out of all of them. The, it was the Hawks. Yep. Can the coach and they get there? I was like, I get the Hawks are going to be better, but this is a high number. And wow. Um, <laughs> that one blew my mind. But uh, yeah, so one prop that I kind of had my eye on in this game. Clint Capella in the 76ers and Bucks series was not getting many double doubles. I think he got one in his last five games, but this is a guy that averaged like 15 and 14 a game. And, you know, he was priced at points last season, you know, minus 200 range for a double double. He's sitting for a double double on DraftKings Sportsbook and a, a Twitter follower actually point uh, brought this up. Uh, in my DMs today, and I was looking at it and saying, like, yeah, I think, uh, you know, this number's a little, eh. Clint Capella's minus 105 to have a double-double in this game. Um, just price-wise, I, I think that's a good good value if you're getting anything in, in the player prop market. Um, but my only, my only bet, I put it out, actually, just before we started recording, I did get Miami plus two and a half and plus 120 on the money line right when Drew Holiday got ruled out. Home team, a little bit of adjusting with this new lineup, but um, Milwaukee has since gone on to rule out Brooke Lopez. Just seems like a, a pretty good spot at home for the Heat um, against a thinner, thinner Bucks team. Uh, you know, Miami's obviously swinging for the fences. Lowry, Butler, Bam, they've got a pretty, uh, some depth with the shooting, obviously, Robinson Hero. And so on. So I, I kind of like what Miami has this year. And I like the spot now more with the injuries from Milwaukee. If, if As we're recording, you know, that's sitting minus one and a half, minus 125 for Miami. So some of the value is kind of gone. It's nice to have the plus money in a pick em game rather than now laying it. Um, but yeah, this would be the Miami side for, for me, given what we, we now know going into this game. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And that's, uh, you know, for the Bucks being cautious, he was actually Drew Holiday on the injury report this morning. It's probable. And then, of yeah. course, they pulled the NBA season, right? Pulled the leg of the rug right out from underneath. I thought it was going to take longer than till Thursday. But here we are with right. these wild NBA injury reports that we know all too well at DraftKings managing our, our DK Live app and getting staying up to date with all these injuries for all of our DFS players. 
Um, yeah, NBA injury reports are not fun to deal with. Um, which is something throughout the season that I love to, if you can, you know, you got to have alerts on and go in and see oh, yeah. those numbers. But with player props, that is my, by far my favorite way to bet the NBA. And, uh, you know, probably once we get into next week, that'll start to become more of a thing for me. I haven't posted any, any player props yet. My phone's um, going to go off in 30 minutes for the 1030 injury report, <laughs> 1030 Pacific time injury report. So. Right. <laughs> um, two spots I have circled for Friday night. We don't have a number yet on Celtics Raptors. Um, the Raptors looked absolutely horrible on opening night against the Wizards. No Siakam. Lowry's obviously down in Miami. Um, you know, it's the Fred Van Vliet show, the OG Anunoby show, um, younger players that haven't necessarily, they're not used to taking on the roles that they're going to take on, put it that way. Um, they'll be in Boston for the Celtics opening night, looking to bounce back from that double overtime wild loss at the Knicks. Um, we'll see what the number is there, but I have, I have some interest in the Celtics. And then the other one real quick, Nets are on the road in Philly, laying a point and a half. They're minus 130 on the money line on DraftKings Sportsbook. I understand the, that Philly was in a good spot on opening night, particularly, I think, playing without Simmons, mm-hmm. um, going against a team in the Pelicans that I'm on pretty big on the under 39 and a half wins. I, I don't see the Pelicans having a very good season. Philly blows them out. Now I think they're getting way too much respect against the Nets. Uh, only red flag here for me is how the Nets are going to defend Embiid. That's generally a problem for everyone, but the Nets kind of lack of size there. Claxton, I guess they have in the middle now. Um, but yeah, I don't, it, is Ben Simmons going to play in this game? Like he was suspended one game. Right. Uh, believe- look, I, I'm, I'm operating under the assumption he's not playing. I, you know, I was on Philly I, yeah, like I told you against the Pelicans. I've been operating under the assumption he's not part of the team. So I think that's yeah. how he's been power rated. I, I don't, he was suspended one game like I don't I don't get what the Sixers are doing there but as long as he's even not playing but not traded if he's even practicing like he's still a distraction that I I kind of want to go against in in the right spots and the Pelicans weren't that spot and you were on Philly which is good but yeah I, give me no, the I agree nets. give me the nets on Friday night in uh in Philly in this one Yep, I, I would completely agree. That was one of the ones I had circled too. And it similarly put it this way, like it, Brooklyn opens one and a half point favorite in Milwaukee. You're going to tell me Philly right now right. is, is like power rated at just as high as Milwaukee. It just doesn't make much sense. And I think there's matchup issues here too. I mean, Tyrus Maxey's a fine player, but he's going to get lost defensively. And you mentioned they blew out the Pelicans. I was sweating that game out. It was tied at halftime and it, they needed right. a big third quarter to pull away from them. So I think this is a better spot for Brooklyn for sure. All right, boom. There's some NBA for Thursday night. There's some NBA for Friday night. Uh, You have some MLB for Thursday and Friday night. You have some NFL to take you through Sunday. Um, Oh, I should probably give a college football play because we're going to clip that out and tweet it up on Saturday, right, Steve? Well, just save it for your best bets article. There you go. There's there's two promotions in one. Alabama first half, as we do every week, is on the card. Just keep rolling Alabama first half. Um, Samir and I already talked Pitt and Clemson, our producer, Samir, Pitt alum talked Clemson and Pitt on Tuesday. So that will, that will suffice there. Um, all right. Anything else before we, before we get out of here, you got any arena league football picks for us, JVT? <laughs> uh, I, that is, uh, that has been exited from my mind. I, I drained everything out. I'm out. Once I got a bad beat on a bar ball with the Washington Valor, I, you know, I, I lost it. I'm out. <laughs> all right, Steve, anything before we get out of here? Have a, have a great week. <laughs> That's really, really nice of you to say. 
Um, all right. You can follow Steve Buchanan on Twitter at SBCannon24. You can follow me on Twitter at Julian Edlow. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Unreasonable Odd. And you can DM and answer that trivia question for your chance to win a $50 free bet on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, Jonathan Von Tobel, you can follow him on Twitter at me, JVT from VSIN. Um, thank you for coming on the Unreasonable Odds podcast, man. We we enjoyed it. And if you got anything going on that you want to promote there over um obviously our good friends at at VSIN, uh go ahead and and do so. Uh, I would just say vsin.com slash JVT. You can find all my written work there. Uh, all NBA stuff is what's underneath that heading. And yeah, Edge, Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. It's also in podcast form. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast at VSIN Best Bets. It'll be up there every day. Beautiful. That is a wrap for Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings. We will talk to you guys on Monday. Mm-hmm.